As we enter another month of isolation, governments large and small are putting together plans to reopen the state. One piece remains crucial, schools. Without a plan to educate the state's children, there's no way the broader economy could begin to return. California Governor Gavin Newsom has mentioned possibly reopening schools sooner, starting the academic year as early as July. Not only would this help working parents, but doing so could help recoup some of the lost school time caused by the pandemic. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Kristen Takeda, you cover education for the Union-Tribune. What do we know about Newsom's plan? Um, I'm not sure if it's so much as a plan, but it's like a suggestion that he said schools could start earlier. Um, Whatever schools decide, it'll be up to the districts and schools themselves. It's still like a local control decision. But um, he did suggest that schools might be able to start earlier and like you said, it was for mainly for the idea of stopping the learning or starting to regain <clears throat> some of the learning losses that are happening right now as schools are still out. When you explain the situation right now, uh, how is schooling working in this new normal that we're all living in? Yeah, so right now, pretty much all schools are doing distance learning. So students are working from home. They're doing a lot of online learning. And um, it's kind of interesting to think about how schools might reopen next school year because um, some of that distance learning is probably going to continue. It depends on the school, obviously, and what they decide. But um, just because schools, I think a lot of people are acknowledging that once schools reopen, they will have to have this physical distancing um, as much as possible. And in order for that to happen, then um, schools can't, schools most likely won't be able to be at full capacity is what a lot of officials are saying. And one of the only ways to make that happen is to have students come in part of the week versus every day of the week. So that would be a blended learning type situation where students will be doing part-time distance learning still, and then part-time in school attendance. So Um, It's partly because there's so many things like that to figure out and plan and configure that we can't just immediately go back to school or reopen school. All that would need to be worked out and planned very thoroughly before uh, schools, students and staff could return to schools. So that's Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of school districts are looking at planning right now. So what are you hearing from local leaders? Uh, how far along are they on, you know, whatever plan to reopen, whatever that comes? I don't think anyone is cl- uh, near finishing those types of plans. And those plans also would require uh, basically negotiations with unions as well. So it's just, it, it is like a very long process. But I think um, lots of districts are definitely working on that right now. And one district told me like they plan they might release those types of plans within like by June. So it, 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 it will take a while. And I think right now school districts are also still trying to just manage distance learning that's happening right now. So it's, they've had a lot on their plates, but I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are looking forward are looking ahead to that right now. Mm-hmm. So basically, even though it may be possible that schools could start opening in this kind of blended manner in July, you probably won't even know until, you know, June, probably, right? Yeah, we won't know for a while. So, and it's almost our, I, t- I spoke to one um, school board official at San Diego Unified, Richard Barrera, and he said, 
you know, like it's almost, it's less helpful to think about a specific date of reopening versus it's more helpful to think about these are the kinds of things that we have to have happen before we could return to school. So there's not only like the physical distancing and the blended learning, but also just safety measures for students. Like how often will schools be cleaned and um, will, who will have masks, who will have to wear masks and things like that. And then on top of all this, schools will have to figure out how to pay for everything. And we still don't know how much money schools will get from the state. That's going to be, we'll have a better idea of that next month in a couple in a couple weeks after the governor releases his may revised budget so right now districts don't really have an idea of how much they're going to get but a lot of people are expecting that it will be much or significantly less than what they would have expected prior to the pandemic because of you know how the economy is so wrecked because it or because of the pandemic Mm -hmm, Certainly. And you've written about kind of the financial state of a variety of school districts before the pandemic. Why don't you give us a sense of kind of how things were before they had to spend all this extra money to kind of change because of everything? Yeah. So it's interesting because like, like you were saying, school districts were already in a financial bind before the pandemic hit. So uh, school districts were saying, you know, they had the three big costs increase or three big things affecting their budgets. One is increasing pension costs, two is increasing special education costs, and three is a lot of districts were facing declining enrollment at the same time. So declining enrollment means less funding from the state. So um, it's, and then with the pandemic, it's not only were they hit with these increased costs that they were already dealing with, but one, they're getting more increased, or a lot of districts are facing uh, additional increased costs from the cost of distance learning, like whether it's paying for laptops for students or computers for staff, or um, just there's especially technology costs are um, racking up for some districts. But um, not only do they have increased costs from that, but they're also expecting the lower state revenues um, because of what I just mentioned and um, because the state is expected to get less tax revenue. So they're kind of expecting to be hit on both sides, both revenues and spending. So it's, um, that makes also the idea. I I think that's a whole another consideration for starting earlier is schools and districts need to figure out how they're going to pay for all that next school year. Mm -hmm. Certainly there's a lot of moving parts and they're kind of in a terrible situation right now. So uh, we've mentioned it a little bit, but how well is distance learning going? Because there's concerns about a so-called COVID slide in which we'll kind of, you know, students will forget what they've learned, you know, for the majority of this year. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think officials are uh, basically acknowledge that pretty much like students as a whole will suffer learning losses because of these closures. I mean, it's just, it's kind of inevitable because schools were, closed and not offering official instruction for weeks sometimes. And then um, the access to distance learning is also a big issue. Like there are some students that still haven't been reached by schools yet. So schools don't know if they're accessing any learning or if they're learning anything right now. And just the whole remote aspect of 
education now, it makes it more difficult for um, schools to know how every student is doing. And because they can't ensure that everybody is learning the same amount, then we're, that's partly why we're expecting um, learning losses and just also coupled with the chaos of the pandemic. And um, a lot of people are, you know, worried about food security, about job security on top of education. So it's, it's all, it's, it's all really difficult, a really difficult situation. And so, yeah, because of that, ex- officials are expecting significant learning losses and the losses will probably be bigger for students who are disadvantaged in some way or who might not have that access or who might not have like just a home environment that's suitable for uh, sound learning. So yeah, and t- that's, yeah, that's going to be something that the uh, governor is hoping that earlier school year would help to address. Yeah, it almost seems like everyone from students, teachers, parents kind of need to reset expectations as to what's possible because, you know, this isn't an ideal environment for anybody, working parents, students. So uh, we have to kind of figure out what's the makes most sense and kind of what can we expect from students because it's really hard to ask with everything going on. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's also why, um, like a lot of schools are doing, you know, the grading policies that are more forgiving to students because this isn't, and we've also waived state testing requirements and things like that. So it's just, yeah, a more forgiving uh, kind of perspective or just a way to address the situation because this is an unprecedented time and it's an emergency time. So it's hard to expect everybody to learn like you can't expect everybody to learn as much as they would have in a normal school year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that uh, teachers unions will have to be involved in kind of the plans of reopening. What are you hearing from teachers or, you know, other school officials about the pandemic? Do they have a different perspective? Um, just in general about the pandemic. I think they're all, um, I, I think it depends on who you talk to, but um, they're all, I think, a lot of unions will say teachers are working really hard to, um, you know, adapt really quickly to this whole new normal of education. Um, for some teachers, it took more training and others were able to jump into it more quickly. But um, I think um, everybody is and for teachers. Um, they get to kind of decide how to structure the education for their students. So they're the whole idea is to be, um, I think their idea is to be flexible and to um, just adapt to each individual school and teacher and students situations. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem that flexibility is kind of the key word here is that the only way to get through this pandemic is for everyone involved to be somewhat more flexible and to adjust expectations. So at least some modicum of education kind of gets across to our nation's school children. Yeah, definitely. All right. Kristen Katata, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, your coronavirus update. San Diego County officials have lifted some restrictions on outdoor recreation. Now, people who live in the same household are allowed to recreate on boats and in parks. Also, golf courses can reopen, but no golf carts can be used. The region's face-covering rules go into effect Friday, too. You must wear a mask when you go to stores or businesses and when you are within six feet of someone who doesn't live with you. The announcements came as officials announced 132 new COVID-19 cases and an additional four deaths. 
The new cases represent about 6% of the 2,303 tests conducted yesterday. As of Thursday, 355 people were hospitalized with COVID-19, and an estimated 1,963 residents have recovered. To date, 3,564 people have been sickened by the virus, and 124 have died. There was confusion Wednesday night into Thursday morning about if California Governor Gavin Newsom was going to unilaterally close beaches. During his daily briefing, he said the closure would only affect Orange County. When reporters asked what led Newsom to change course, he suggested he never intended to close all the beaches. That was their memo, Newsom said. Their memo never got to me. However, on Thursday, Amy Fawcett, San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner's chief of staff tweeted that Newsom's administration notified the Faulkner administration of the coming closure. Just minutes before the governor's Thursday briefing, San Diego officials were told the closure would only apply to Orange County. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing the latest news online and print in on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories, related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of the news at your fingertips wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.